everybody. Welcome to what's sure to be a splendid episode of the Media Boat Podcast. Today is December the 2nd, 2020. We are officially in December, which means, yes, folks, we've made it almost the last month of 2020. Of course, nothing's going to end here. It's not like magically on January 1st, everything will be solved. All our world's world's problems are over. No, of course, we know realistically that's not the case. But at least this gives us just a little bit of hope that maybe 2021 can be, hey, a return to normalcy, a return to feeling good, not nervous all the time. I, for one, am looking forward to that as a new opportunity. So let's think positive about December, why don't we? This is episode 256. If you don't know what the Media Boat podcast is, let me tell you about it. It is a podcast that brings you news and thoughts about movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. This is episode 256. Mm -hmm. And if my math is correct, and nine times out of five, it is correct. Okay. By the time we hit the end of the year, uh huh. Yes, um, we'll be at episode two hundred and sixty. I believe you're correct. I believe yes, four more weeks, uh, and yes, this is in the can. Well, there's five weeks in, the in December. Yeah, well, there's five so. Wednesdays in December, but since you count the day of day, yeah, today, so plus four two fifty seven, two fifty eight, two fifty nine, two sixty. You're correct. So yeah, we'll end on 260, but we need to get to 260. But also because it is December, you will see a lot, and I mean a lot, of end of the year lists. Yes, we mentioned last week that it's award season, but what goes hand in hand, like this, for the video version. No, no, it's like this. You hold my hand, I hold your hand. Yeah, I don't know. This is not, this doesn't play. This doesn't play on radio. Other way, other way. Other way. (laughs) This doesn't work. Um... (laughs) um but it goes hand in hand with ward season is year-end list season now if you're a long-time listener to us you know that we do our own year-end lists that is in its planning stages right now we will probably announce next week uh how we're gonna do those this year because of course we are still doing these remote our marooned edition of the media boat podcast so yeah we'll have to figure out a some uh, ways that we're going to do it, maybe different this year. So we will get back to you about that. But for now, this episode is going to be another regular episode of the show. Um, Kind of a slow week, not a whole lot going on. I mean, not a slow week in my personal life, but definitely a slow week in media. So uh, yeah, we're going to cruise right through this one, I think. Uh, Yep, we have a couple thoughts, but let's start at the top. We always start at the top. And the top for us is movies. And at the top of the movies... Is box office, but we're not going to talk about that. There is one, uh, no, that was last week. There's no new uh, movies coming out this week, so that means... Yeah, I believe there are no no new releases. So that means we can go straight into movie news. So, to begin this week, we have some breaking news as of yesterday. Um, News about a media boat favorite. The Oscar-nominated star of Juno and Netflix's The Umbrella Academy, Elliot Page, has announced he is transgender. Elliot addressed his social media followers saying, Hi friends, I want to share with you that I am trans. My pronouns are he, they, and my name is Elliot. I feel lucky to be writing this. 
unquote. Page uses it's both he and him. Quote, but that's the bulk of it. That's the first two sentences. Yeah, that's part of the quote. Uh, Page uses both he and him and they and them pronouns and describes himself as transgender and not and non-binary, meaning that his gender identity is neither man nor woman. Uh, prior to transition, Page was one of the most visible out gay actors in Hollywood. The Tuesday announcement further enriches his legacy and adds him to a small but growing number of out trans creators and stars in Hollywood. So congratulations to Elliot. You, of course, uh, have been watching the Umbrella Academy. Uh, you really enjoyed this most recent season. And mm-hmm. he seems to be one of the big draws is that he's, his performance in that show is really good. Yes, um, Netflix on their behalf actually went back to their episodes and credited oh. as Elliot Page. Great, that's awesome. I think on IMDb, I haven't looked yet, but they do the brackets formerly known as. Right. Um, I skipped that part of the story because um, I believe the etiquette typically calls to try not to mention uh, the dead name when possible. So I'm choosing not to here, reporting this right, story. And that's kind yeah. of what I wrote down here. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we, we are forward progressing and not quite looking back. <laughs> But for actual historical purposes, right? Yes, some for, reason to there is a purpose, but yeah, not necessary right now. But yeah, um, congratulations to him. This has to be a very uh, difficult decision to come out with this information, uh, especially now. Um, but he needed to do what he needed to do, and I'm glad he did. And a lot of people are going to be able to uh, see such a prominent person doing this, and hopefully, this will inspire a lot of people to be their true selves and. That's only a good thing. Yep. I've seen a lot of support thrown his yes. way. Yes. I saw somebody um, say that when they came out like a decade ago, they had to explain to so many people in their life what it even meant to be transgender. And so to flash forward to now a decade later where you can come out like this on the internet and people will just be like, yes, I understand what you mean and congratulations. That means we're getting somewhere. That means that... Uh, the a lot of not all of of course but a lot of the um misinformation and misunderstanding that existed prior uh to this about trans people is going away slowly so that's great um so congratulations again to elliot let's move on our next story here is a story that we've kind of told off and on about all sorts of things uh this year which is uh, festivals are different in 2020. Festivals have to adapt to the changes um, when they're required to be remote. And next up is Sundance, the Sundance Film Festival. The newly installed festival director, Tabitha Jackson, has unveiled an online hub and U.S. industry partnerships to carry off a coronavirus-era indie film showcase in early 2021. The Sundance Institute's upcoming January 28th to February 3rd event will have film lovers mostly scrolling to view around 70 feature-length movies and additional short films on a bespoke digital platform rather than the traditional move of moving on the ground between theaters in Park City. With a hybrid format much like that of Toronto, London, and New York's festivals, they will go online and into physical theaters and drive-in venues where possible, with capacity restrictions. The big idea for Sundance is countrywide screening partnerships with indie cinemas and cultural organizations well beyond Utah to ensure, where allowed, 
the buzz and collective spirit of a traditional Sundance premiere. So this is kind of going to be one of our first hybrid uh, festivals where we're going to see a combination of when available limited seating for physical theater locations, but also the ability to stream a lot of the entrance. Right. And unlike South by Southwest, which was purchased entirely by Amazon to run on Prime Video and be an all digital platform, Sundance is trying to do a both hybrid where you go, if you're available to do it in theaters, which does help local theaters outside of what would be Park City, Utah, it helps theaters. I think that's the plus here is that you can do it in your home, which you're safe, or it allows theaters to have that option of new material. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Sorry, I just realized I hadn't been doing the, doing the, the little captions here. Uh, oh, my bad. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think this is a good solution. Um, of course, those events that are held in actual places, I hope they're safe and I hope they do, um, they keep track they of well. I hope they do well. Yeah, Private theaters well. are a great way to do that. You gotta get people to go though. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Yep. Speaking of going, you didn't have to go anywhere to go see a movie uh, this week as you watched a movie on the Disney Plus. Yes. I watched the remake. It's not reimagining. Uh, redone? Retelling? Re- it's an adaptation. Readaptation? Yeah, it's an adaptation. Of the book Black Beauty, titled Black, Black Beauty, Beauty, parentheses 2020. I mean, that's, I'm just saying that to differentiate, but, uh, but yes, this is Disney plus uh, an adaptation of the black beauty story. I saw a trailer for this. Um, and it seems like, yeah, just another version of that story. Uh, what do you think about this? You would be right. Yeah. Imagine this. It's a faithful adaptation. Pretty much note for note for what black beauty is for 20 with 2020 cinematography. And I say 2020 cinematography because <laughs> there are a lot of action beats and different cuts and motion and a lot of the storytelling techniques are very new aged compared to cinematography and editing styles, directorial styles of 1990 and prior to 2000. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of techniques. So the film is updated for a modern audience, but it is still the exact same tale. It's a story that you know uh, at this point, especially if you're of our generation. I think I feel like the 90s adaptation of this, a lot of us saw it back in the day when we were kids. And so it's very easy to be like, oh, I've heard this before. I know what this, I know the beats of this. Right. But if you're like us in the 90s and now you have kids, (laughs) oh, instead of me showing you this old 90s film, Let's watch the 2020 version, which is also how I feel some movie exec went, hey, mm-hmm. we haven't redone this film in 25 years. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that again. Yeah, it's been a minute. I mean, that's kind of been the Disney approach for a, a lot of their adaptations lately is, hey, the other thing is like 30 years old. Let's do a new one. Right. Uh, the voice of Black Beauty is voiced over uh, by Kate Winslet. She's the narrator. Okay. But... The lead actor, I could swear, up and down, is a spot-on Liv Tyler impersonator. Because <laughs> the whole time I'm watching, I was like, 
She looks like she belongs in Armageddon, doesn't she? <laughs> doesn't she? So Liv Tyler from tw- from twenty five years ago. Yeah, but okay. it's not Liv Tyler. I don't think it's any relation to Liv Tyler from what I no, saw. I don't think so. Uh, but like Dead Ringer, if you're if we're doing a Liv Tyler impersonation contest, <laughs> put her up there, and you have a Dead Ringer <laughs> first place. <laughs> So you're saying when you're casting the Liv Tyler biopic in 10 years, I don't know why there would be a Liv Tyler biopic. <laughs> okay, you're ta- yeah, casting yeah, you, the... You do a making of Armageddon and you cast yeah, her. Yeah, you're casting the uh, Steven Tyler biopic and you yeah. need a Liv Tyler. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But he's not dead yet though, right? He's not dead, no. Okay. Steven Tyler very much still uh, alive <laughs> and um, singing, maybe? I don't know. Well, if, there's no concerts anymore, but yes, yeah, singing. Aeros, I don't know if Aerosmith is still recording music, is what I mean. I'm sure they were on tour, getting that tour money. Who knows? Were. Past tense. Were. Uh-huh. Was he? Yeah, I don't know. Um, any, any other thoughts about this movie, or is it just, it's what you think it is? It is what they thought it was. Yeah. It is what I think it is? It is what you they think it is. They are what we thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> But yeah, Black Booty, Black Booty. Black Booty, yep. Black Booty, that's nope, the name that's of this movie. That's a different movie, movie not on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> that's de- yeah, that's probably a not on Disney+. different movie Plus. altogether. Uh, go to your local video store behind the beaded curtain <laughs> for Black Booty. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm not going to criticize anybody for their taste. Let's move on. That's it for TV or movie thoughts. Let's talk about television. We always start the television section with the sports corner. Woo-hoo. Oh, we had some good sports news. Yeah, kind of a smaller sports week than previous weeks, but uh, yeah, some good news instead of some bad news. Well, maybe bad news if you're the San Francisco 49ers, but besides that, Vanderbilt soccer player Sarah Fuller will become the first woman to participate in a Power 5 football game. Uh, Sarah Fuller of the Vanderbilt soccer team, which just won the SEC title. Wow. Due to COVID nineteen restrictions on NCAA, they cannot, they could not source a player outside of campus or outside uh-huh. of anyone who was already in the COVID nineteen restrictions. Mm-hmm. And since their soccer team just won, and she is in play under SEC under SEC at NCAA rules, she qualifies. She qualifies, and they called her up. So, real quick, uh, for those of us who don't know, including me, what is Power Five? What does that refer to? Uh, it refers to the Power Five conferences of Pac-12, SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve. Okay. Okay, got it. So your main conferences, the ones who who hold the teams that are normally playing for the national championship. So does this break the gender ceiling for college football for players? Not necessarily, because okay. this was a special circumstance of their players were on COVID or injured on the IR. And because they couldn't source from outside, say, the men's team. Sure. Because the men's team is not in, well, I don't know if Vandy has a men's team, but because well, they're not specifically in the um, precautions for it. Yes. No, I realize that. But what I'm asking is, this is the first time that a woman has played oh, in a college no. football game. No? Okay. No. Um, you don't like know when in, that happened? <laughs> no, no, it has. I saw the stats somewhere. I don't remember. Uh-huh. But okay. they have played before. All right. And they have 
scored points, but not necessarily in the top cream of the crop schools for football. Okay, that makes that makes more sense then. Okay, so, so that's I, why this is a big it's deal. It's been done before in high school, obviously, of in community colleges as well, and in lower division schools, but not in okay. the Power Five. So that's why okay. it was of note. Uh, but also of note, one play, one kickoff, mm-hmm. because Vanderbilt is zero and eight. <laughs> Oh, well. But, hey, you know what? It's still cool. Vanderbilt didn't score the whole game. We watched it because we're waiting for them to at least get in field goal range. (laughs) Didn't happen. But she will have a chance again this Saturday as they play another game. Got it. But it's against Georgia, so who knows if they're even going to get in range. Who knows? We'll see. But, uh, But, yeah, congrats to Sarah. Uh, let's talk about the other, the, uh, the professional football though, as I kind of mentioned just a moment ago, uh, not looking great for the San Francisco 49ers as they can't play or practice right now, thanks to COVID restrictions in Santa Clara County. So we are also affected by this as our governor, uh, Gavin Newsom here in California basically said, Hey, uh, these counties are in the purple zone. Nobody, no group meetings over 15 people or more. So that's a football team turns out. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, when you have 11 <laughs> players on a field at one time, mm-hmm. well, 22, 11 on both sides. So there, there goes your yeah. 15 out the window. There you go. Just the field in one play. So, yeah. So needless to say, this is going to make them uh, make things a little difficult for them. No contact sports at all will be allowed through December 21st for them. So they can't play games. Uh, they cannot play home games. Oh, right. They can play games elsewhere. Right. They can play away right. games, but they can't play home games in mm-hmm. Levi Stadium. Until, until basically the end of the month. They have two home games during that time span. Eee. Guess where they? Guess what they are now? Uh, I don't know. It, well, everyone was saying go to Oakland for the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> uh huh. Nope, not going to happen. Okay. They're out of state. Makes sense. They're gonna play in Arizona. I almost said that, then I was like, maybe not. That seems you know, too far fetched, yeah. right? That makes sense, though. That makes sense. That's where you go when California won't let you do something. You go to Nevada or Arizona. Yes, that's the just rule. Like Mark. <laughs> just like Mark. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so a little more more complicated. They're still gonna play their games though, which is they're I guess, now the. Good. Uh, they will temporarily be called the Phoenix 49ers. <laughs> that's where they'll be playing. No one's going to call them that. I will call them that. You you will call them that. No one else will call them that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're going to spend Christmas or December in Arizona. Okay. Uh, there's the snow. Call them the snowbirds. Might as well. Right. All right. So, speaking of football, one little football bit. Uh, a little one more football bit, I should say. Uh, there will be Wednesday afternoon football. Past tense. There was. Oh, there was Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, afternoon football. football. Uh, so if you remember so, last week, we talked yes. about there being three games on Thanksgiving, to which we had the asterisk of the one game being canceled. <laughs> yeah. The Ravens-Steelers game. Right. Well, that got moved to Sunday. Okay. But then quarterback Lamar Jackson tested positive. <laughs> 
So then they moved it to Monday, to which they then moved it to Tuesday because both running backs tested positive. Oh, no. To which they moved it to Wednesday as the final deadline, which was this afternoon. Yeah. So that went through, and we got so Wednesday afternoon okay. football. Yep. So Ravens-Steelers, Wednesday afternoon football. Uh, do you know who won that, won that game? Uh, Steelers won that game. It was a pretty hilarious, atrocious game to watch. <laughs> I'd imagine. But the Steelers won, and they still remain undefeated at 11-0. and 0. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? Pittsburgh. They could be undefeated through the season. That would be weird. One okay. Of, what else is weird? What? The Browns are currently standing at three and eight. Okay. Wait, no, I'm sorry. I got that backwards. They're eight and three. That's the shocking one. Like yes. I was going to say three and eight. Okay. So it's a Brown season, but no. Wow. They're in the okay. same division as the Steelers. So as good as the Browns are doing at eight and three. Still not good enough. <laughs> not going to win their division. Oh, the Browns. But they do play the Steelers at the end of the season, at week 17. Okay. Well, we'll see and that's that kind of then. what the NFL was trying to avoid, is going into a week 18 <laughs> and pushing the whole playoffs and Super Bowl mm-hmm. back a week. Now, but through are... some schedule um, transforming, we're going to have a triple Monday night hitter, I think, this upcoming week. Ooh. Because... Steelers, Steelers. I think it was Steelers Cowboys. We're supposed to play this upcoming Thursday. No longer the case, obviously. So that got moved to a Monday night game now. I see. Okay. Anything else in sports you want to talk about, real quick, before we move on to television news? Um. Oh, I don't. I know we didn't mention this, but the Undertaker in WWE retired. Again, again, probably officially oh, this time. Yeah. That was a while. That was two weeks ago, I think, but we just never mentioned it. I did hear of it via a podcast. So, yeah, I did see that it happened. Right. Uh, other than that, I think no. Uh, LeBron got paid today $84 million for <laughs> two years. Okay. But, yeah, everything else is kind of going to be pretty quiet. At least until, I'd imagine. Uh, basketball starts in three weeks. Hockey yep. starts on New Year's Day. Yep. We just have football. Football yep. and high high school. NCAA football, college football. <laughs> yeah. So just wait. More sports is around the corner. But for now, yep. you'll just have to eat your football. And this is happy. all assuming that sports don't close down again as cases are on the rise. Which could very likely happen. It'll very likely happen. Anyway, all right, let's stop talking about sports because that's depressing and start moving into some less depressing news, television news. And our first story here is uh, not as depressing, but does have to do with sports. Yes, but you may be depressed when you find out who's involved in this because it is none of your favorites. (laughs) Well, we'll see. Uh, It's all my favorites rolled up into one nicely neat new show coming. So Matthew Vaughn, media boat favorite and one of your favorites, yes, he runs a studio called Marv Films, and it's making its first foray into television with a soccer-centric series called Day Ones. It's from writers slash creators and showrunners Doug Ellen, who worked on Entourage, and Chris Case, 
who worked on Mad About You. Is that the reboot? Yes. Or the original? Or both? Um, might be both. Okay. Uh, it is set in the world of British soccer. And the 10-episode series revolves around a young player named Desmond King and his crew as they navigate his growing stature and struggles. Vaughn will direct the pilot, which begins shooting in 2020. Vaughn is working closely with French soccer legend Terry Henry and his long-term agent Darren Dean, who will both serve as executive producers on the series. Henry will appear as himself throughout the series. So this is almost like the dramatic side of the coin from Ted Lasso. It's like you have the comedy and then you have the drama. <laughs> I'm not sure how drama this would be, but uh -huh. this sounds like soccer entourage. I was going to say it sounds like soccer ballers, which might be a more apt comparison, right? Probably more yeah. now, yes. Yeah. But yes, entourage, of course, begat ballers. So yes, it makes sense that we're right. You start talking from the about original, it. But yes. Right. Uh, seeing as it will revolve around new soccer stars and agents and moving through the, I would assume, Premier League. But hey, this that sounds great. I can't wait to watch it on Apple Plus. <laughs> if Apple Plus, if Apple TV Plus has two different shows about the Premier League soccer, it's going to be really funny. <laughs> well, like, your source. Max, the ironic part is, has a yeah. in -in. <laughs> the ironic part is that Peacock is the one with the rights to actual Premier League soccer. So them not having either show about <laughs> Premier League soccer players is really funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. know, but this sounds like something up my alley yeah um yeah you, Again, entourage, you, you need Matthew to watch Vaughn. by yeah. the way you have no excuse about uh ted lasso anymore because apple tv is on uh xbox now oh it's on xbox now it okay, launched no a couple excuse. weeks ago i didn't tell i didn't text you about it because i was like oh he'll see it <laughs> yeah i wasn't on the storefront <laughs> little did i know that you did not yeah so it's it's up officially um if you need my login just text me all right, we'll figure that out post podcast. But yeah, you you should watch you should watch it before you do your TV list this year. Okay, because I'm gonna want to talk about it. So all right, because maybe on your TV lists, it you know what I can guarantee it is on my list. But where it is on my list, you'll just have to wait and find out. All right, let's talk about other television news, and there's so many television news bits to talk about. We had to make the bits. You said there's so many bits, we have to talk about the bits. Yeah, we have to talk about the bits because there's too many bits. Yeah. Uh, well, not a lot to make a single story, but just enough to have a handful of bits. All right. So let's start with the bits. The bits with Disney. Disney's announced that they will be folding, like that, Touchstone Television, previously known as Fox 21 Television Studios. We had mentioned on this podcast that they had changed the name to make it Disney branded and kind of move the Fox name out of their, out of their business. Well, now they figure, Hey, we don't really need this. So this reads to me is that this is just further consolidation. They're just going to move every, all their television into under the Disney brand. Right. There's also some executive shuffling, including around Hulu and ABC uh, television. Okay. But not a, nothing in the hierarchy, just a lot of presidents moving around. Yeah. That checks. And it just followed along with the consolidation of creativity. Makes sense. All right, next up, Discovery Plus and AMC Plus have joined the streaming wars. These, I guess, are streaming versions that will have a lot of their programming. Yes. Um, AMC, I saw a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't mention it. 
Mm-hmm. Discovery was announced this past week, just throwing both together. Yeah. And you wonder why these just won't be swallowed up by HBO Max or Peacock. I think that there's enough variety in both of their brands that it makes some sense for them to keep their brand identity. I mean, it's the same reason why Disney Plus doesn't swallow ESPN, right? Is because there's enough meat on that bone is that they can sell it as its own brand. Right, but that's what I'm saying is why don't why doesn't one of those make a package deal and say you now get access to this if you're subscribed to us? I would imagine because they the the corporate owners of those services don't want to play ball with Warner is my mm-hmm. guess. And I, if I was um, Discovery's under the oh I used to know this I I it, I used to it's know dumb Discovery things like and this. Food Network together. Yeah, they're under some sort of brand, but I don't remember what they're called. Uh, but yeah, all of those networks would probably be part of that Discovery deal. Which means better watch all your Food Network shows now on like your Hulus of the world because they might be going away. Well, there is the Food Network app that you can watch your shows on too. Yeah, but again, those typically require cable subscriptions, whereas Hulu, you just have to sign up for one thing and you have access to all that stuff. So people lose their ability to watch a lot of the back catalog Food Network stuff that would kind of suck because I'm (laughs) one of those people. So... We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Next up in the bits, Quibi, as we reported, died. Uh, but now it's officially dead and will no longer be offered as a download from mobile storefronts. So you can't even download Quibi anymore. Also of note and related to the story, I saw yesterday somebody pointed out on Twitter that their Twitter account had become locked. <laughs> I'm guessing to start taking it down. I bet that's the next step to, is to just eliminate it from social media. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I guess if you have Quibi on your phone, that has now become a valuable prize. (laughs) But also, why do you have that? Because there's not going to be anything new on it. So you can sell it back to uh, a (laughs) to uh, Stephen to Katzenberg and yeah, to Jeffrey Katzenberg. Once one, yeah. Right next to the a ne- right next to a PlayStation Four with PT installed is a phone with Quibi installed. Both are <laughs> equally as valuable, I'm sure. All right. Next up in the bits, the uh, Netflix movie and television rights to Daredevil have expired. They will be reverting to Marvel Studios because, of course, Daredevil, a Marvel character. So yes, if this is confusing to you, the Daredevil Netflix rights. And the rights to make the film version of Daredevil that was oof, um, have ex- were predated the Marvel Studios as we know it today. Thus, this this now reverts it back. So right, um, that ended on December first. Well, technically November thirtieth. So when it struck December first, the rights reverted back to Marvel Studios, who can now make their own. Yeah. Daredevil. Um, they can put Daredevil in things. They could put Daredevil into the uh, MCU if they want now. They can put Daredevil on Disney Plus, I believe. So I was actually going to, th- I was thinking about that just Wait, now. No, I don't... they can make new episodes for Daredevil. So, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I don't think they do that. And my thought is, is that was a very Netflix series that mm-hmm. took advantage of the freedoms that Netflix allowed them. Yes. Disney, Disney Plus technically has those freedoms, but what they've proven so far in Disney Plus is that there's only so far up to that line that they go, and there's things that are beyond that line, and they haven't gone beyond it. Um, so I would imagine that something with the content of a Daredevil does not show up, one, 
on Disney Plus in, in its current form. And no, two, if they do a new one, it's going to be a completely new series that's more appropriate for Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, as noted, the Daredevil is a bloody violent good time for Netflix. Yeah, a lot of language, a lot of violence. Um, that I uh, this does, however, coincide with a new iteration of the Daredevil character in the comics. Oh, okay. How convenient. <laughs> yes. Well, is this planned that way? Probably wasn't, but yeah, a great coincidence nonetheless. Right. But uh, this does mean <laughs> that they are trying out a new Daredevil to possibly make into the either new animated shows or mm-hmm. actual proper MCU. Cool. Well, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, try it Next in the up in the first. bits. Yes. Next up in the bits, speaking of Netflix, one of their uh, f- favorite creators, uh, Charlie Brooker of Black Mirror fame, has prepped its la- his latest project for the network, or for the streaming network, I should say. It's going to be a mockumentary about 2020 starring Hugh Grant. Uh, so how do you feel about the immediacy of media based on like 2020 slash coronavirus? Are we ready for that? Or do you... Or, Not oh, just coronavirus, but everything but, that happened in this yeah. year is in you, itself is a crazy wild ride. Yeah. Is that something you want to see though? Because I feel like my opinion is I don't really. I just would like to have media continue that it didn't happen. Recently, you talked about how uh, The Good Doctor, one of your favorite shows, mm-hmm. tried to tackle it. And you said they did a pretty good job with that. That being said, though, do you want more of that energy? Mm, no. <laughs> but I do think that if you don't focus so much on it being a pandemic, but rather all the other craziness that happened outside of the world, uh-huh. I think you have a pretty good handling. Uh, Hugh Grant the- is said to play a historian. Okay. So he's going around talking and documenting events that happened in 2020. I think the problem though, is you're, you're right. You're right. There's a lot of other material there, but the problem is, is to, to not at least have it as a, major focal point is a misrepresentation of what this year has been. I don't think you can do it and not have it mostly about the pandemic. Uh, 2020 will be a whole college course in and of itself. (laughs) It's going to be a fascinating year. (laughs) And of course, like I said at the top of the podcast, it's not like January 1st, 2021 is going to make all this disappear. I bet 2021 will also be a fascinating year for the annals of history. I do mean the annals, if you know what I mean. Ooh, way up the annals. (laughs) Way up my annals, that's for sure. Uh, So, yeah. (laughs) So, I don't think this is a good idea. And also, I thought we were done with Hugh Grant, like, 20 years ago. But okay, sure. But he's huge. He's a huge Grant. It's very very good Hugh Grant impression there. Anyway. Anyways. There's more bits. Let's talk about the next one. Next bit here, Comcast, everybody's least favorite cable and internet uh, provider, is announcing something that's going to make even more people angry at them. Yay! Uh, They're planning to increase their prices for a variety of their services starting January 1st. This includes as much as $4.50 per month added to their broadcast TV fee, 
which I'm sure is on top of your existing cable subscription, mm-hmm. and up to $2 per month added to their regional sports network fee. Hey, remember our good friends over at um, Sinclair? Sinclair. <laughs> I bet they have some sort of responsibility behind this, which collectively would add as much, depending on the user, $78 more per year to your existing subscription. So if you already think you're paying Comcast way too much, especially recently where a lot of people, especially those with new consoles, are running into data caps thanks to mm-hmm. Comcast, this is just more fuel to your anger fire. So if you're not enraged yet, this will do it. Right, and this is on top of ISPs looking into yeah. actually putting more data caps and data restrictions. So you're probably thinking about why is all of this happening now? Because Ajit Pai is leaving the FCC. Yes, that is why, is because we will soon, very, very soon now, see new leadership at the FCC. That could mean a return to net neutrality. It could also mean severe reductions in the rights to these cable internet providers to do these things. So they're taking advantage while they have the freedom to do so before potential, um, what's the opposite of consolidation? Uh Regulation. Regulation. That's it. Because (laughs) deregulation is what we had the last administration. I would hope to see some regulation happen again, um, because clearly if they, if Comcast and their like uh, companies have the ability to do this, that means there needs to be somebody to intervene. Right. And I think that because of this past year, internet and internet availability has become quite a hot button issue to classify as a utility and not as a premium in a year where we all found out how much we rely on the internet it's become more important than ever and yeah the and the the companies that are providing it to us seem to be on a completely different page right so So. i think this is also a part of the green new deal of expanding broadband for Mm -hmm. everybody and making it affordable so the one potential potential silver lining here is that 5G is a potential alternative. People are saying that the speeds and reliability of 5G, once it gets rolling um, to a lot of Americans, as opposed to who has access access to it right now, um, has the potential of beating traditional cable internet, uh, even fiber internet providers in every single step. So if we can get there and the people who are running the 5G aren't as draconian, then maybe there's a chance that we could see an alternative to this. But jury is still out. 5G is still a nascent thing, and we're still trying to wrap our minds around it. A lot of people think it's a conspiracy. So there's a lot of things to work through before we get there, but it's possible. The G stands for generation. It's just the fifth generation. I know, I know. There's a lot of real dumb people out there. Let's just say that way. Oh, there's a clown outside. All right. Let's move on to another bit We'll we'll talk about clowns later. (laughs) Actually, no, we're not moving out of any bits because there are no more bits. That's it for television bits. And that's it for television news. But I I guess the last bit is that a cheap pie announced he was leaving on January 20th. Yeah, but I think we we already talked about that. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so that means we're done with news and we can safely move on to TV thoughts. You have watched a couple of shows on streaming networks. Why don't you tell me about them? So I mentioned this 
either last week or a couple of weeks ago that when the right stuff was going to fully conclude its series, I was going to give my thoughts. Yes, well, this is the Disney Plus um, adaptation, I, from what I understand, of yes. the novel. Okay, it's adaptation based off of the novel and not off of the movie of the same name, right. but it covers the exact same topics. Uh, the right stuff. It's uh, also not based on that song. No. The right stuff. Go ahead. No, that's all. That's all I know. Anyway. All right. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. So Mama. space, space. Tell me about space. Yes, yeah, space. The right stuff uh, is a very dramatic adaptation and very loosely based on the first man in space and everything that it took from the astronaut's point of view to put a man into space and how contentious it was to be said first man in space. This is something that I'm sure future history teachers will put on for their substitute teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, here, put this on, let them watch an episode for a week while I'm gone and they'll be fine. Yeah. So um, the novel and the movie happened to be uh, a couple of my dad's favorite things. He always told me when I was younger, he's like, oh, you should read that book when you're older. That's what he would always say. I still have yet to read it. Um, But yeah, so you're not older yet. I know it's still not there. I don't know when it's going to happen. Some magic switch is going to turn on like, oh, I'm old enough now. Um, You you thought it'd be at 30, but nope. No switch yet. (laughs) Still not. No, weirdly enough. um so yeah you enjoyed this version of this this I story it. it was very uppity dramatic and they did have eh, eh. high dramatic parts where it's like yeah you're very punching this up here aren't you mm-hmm. uh but overall i thought it was a fairly faithful adaptation of history if you like space if you're fascinated by astronauts and you want to see stuff about space that, that in like a historical format this is good yes uh it's also good for killing clowns apparently <laughs> i'm sorry the window is open because of reasons yes. Yes. i'm not going to go into on this podcast but yes <laughs> uh but yeah it, i had a good time watching it this is something that I'd probably show my kid um <laughs> when they're like five and like they oh, exist stars astronauts space <laughs> I mean, kids do usually go through a space Yeah, phase. if you go through a space phase, watch the right stuff. It's on <laughs> National, it's part of National Geographic. Right. Um, they put it on through Warner. It's a Warner production. Okay. But it's on Disney Plus um, right. through National Geographic. I think it does a pretty good job of, you know, what it was like in the 1960s. Cool. And it also goes into a lot of like politics about it too. Like if so, if something fails, then we cut funding, or we need this to go right so we get funding, and mm-hmm. how to keep the space dream alive. And you're more than just a sum of your parts, but rather a face for the whole program. And this needs to go right. So it's a lot of like that back, that like back of your mind kind of political kind of like communication stuff mm-hmm. that I kind of find interesting. But also not so much to where it's going to bore you to death. That's good. That's a good balance. A family-friendly balance that you're looking for. 
Oh, definitely a family-friendly show. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Is it? You tell me. I'm, I'm trying to think because like there's no like nudity or violence, but there are some adult situation, uh, adult content. Okay, so it might be for older children uh, as opposed to the, your young ones. So right. maybe like a ten year, nine or ten year old, you're probably fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You watch something else though, not on the Disney Plus, and definitely not for your nine or ten year old. No. <laughs> okay, so tell me about a teacher. All right, so my teacher was smoking hot. <laughs> I'm talking. Just one... Uh-huh. <laughs> okay just uh, just any teacher okay sorry sorry you need to clear something up for me because i'm not clear on what this is so how am i supposed to pronounce this name is it supposed to be a teacher like this is a story about a teacher just one or is it supposed to be a teacher like a pun saying that teachers give out grades one of those grades happens to be the letter a and so this teacher is so good she is an a teacher uh no i think it's a teacher <laughs> Okay. As so in, it's not this a pun. happened to a teacher. Okay, so I saw this on the, the Hulu, right? Right, this is a Hulu I saw thing. this on the Hulu, and I was like... Well, this is teacher? FX, and FX on Hulu. Right. Yeah, is it a teacher, a teacher? Okay, so your thing gets more just like, this is about a teacher. Right. However, I do see your way of taking yeah. as a teacher, as in a, <laughs> a, a teacher. A being Scarlet Letter A adultery teacher. Oh, okay. That's this a different is angle. About uh, uh-huh. Miss Teacher bangs a student. Oops. Yep. That's what this is. <laughs> Kate Mara as Great. a teacher, in, as uh, the new high school English teacher in Texas, okay. um, bangs her student. Uh-huh. Yep. I, I, that's typically a bad idea. Oh yeah, typically a bad idea. Yeah, not a not not a move. It's also that I would typically recommend. seen as a comedic effect. See, well, in the past, I South think it Park was, and yeah. see, uh, that's my boy. So okay, so I think what happened was is that at one point there was a very high profile case where this happened, yes. and news glommed onto it, and comedy writers thought it was hilarious because it was a different time, and so yeah, for a while there, you did see every show do their bit about the teacher who slept with the, 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 the student. Now I feel like we as a society have realized that actually it was never cool. Actually it's statutory, no matter how you look at it, regardless of how you flop the, the gender. And so now it's like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have been making fun of it as much as we had. And that's exactly the tone that this show okay. goes for. That's good. That's Half good. Hour, which is strange. I thought it was going to be an hour for FX. But I'm kind of glad they keep it to half hour because there's only so much of it you can take. <laughs> okay, yeah, I bet. Or you're like, wait, no, that's wrong. That's clearly wrong. What are you doing? That's very wrong. It's a dramatic, traumatic thing that's happened to real people. Is the and they put a warning forget. on the on they bumper it with warnings mm-hmm. that if this is happening or if you have a traumatic experience, there is help. Please yeah. go to this website. Call this phone number for help. Yeah. Which now leads credence to it this just being a teacher and not a teacher because that teacher does not deserve an A. No, no, no. She doesn't deserves an F. It turns out, and she does give an F. You didn't have to. It was there. It was suggested by the mere existence of what you said. And anyway. yeah, but you know, the student gives grades too, and he gave a D. 
All right. Okay. We need to move on. We were literally just talking about how you should not make fun of this. And there you go. And there it is. Because it was easy to write at the time and it's easy to joke about and laugh about. Yes. That's why of the time it was an easy punchline. You're punching below the belt. There it is. Low hanging fruit. But this show, this show is dramatic interpretation of real events. Um, So it does a pretty good job of that. Uh, yes, like showing... it does show like how things can lead from one thing to another, mm-hmm. how something that shouldn't be, that is explicitly said by the second episode, can turn due to circumstances, yeah. but should not be there, and right. they explicitly point out why it, why it shouldn't be, and right. you're very keenly aware of it while watching it. It is. It escalates in this. Okay, yes. so it does a good job showing the escalation. Yes. Okay. And it also shows past the escalation to the lengths you'll go to keep the secret, to keep right. the lie, right? And how that can w- both torture and devastate both lives. Yeah, a hundred percent. So. Well, that sounds like fun. It's not a fun <laughs> time, but no. it's a. Pr- pretty good show so yeah if that interests you if you want to see see that kind of story and with a modern perspective um that's there a teacher right and also if you don't want to watch the porn version yeah okay let's move on all right let's move on <laughs> just yeah just feel dirty after that case any other television you watched any anything anything at all jeopardy i watched a lot of jeopardy <laughs> Well, we talked about uh, that. Yeah. A lot well, speaking already. of, uh, there was a Alex Trebek Thanksgiving memo um, during the thanks or pre-Thanksgiving Jeopardy show episode. Yeah. You can tell he's kind of sick in that. You can kind of tell that he's not feeling he hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine. I'd imagine that going into these final episodes, that you can kind of feel it. You can kind of see it. Ugh. And then that means just that might hit a lot harder come the new year when they do show his final episodes. Yeah, I bet that's going to be hard. Yep. But we'll see that when it comes. Yep. Uh, also, right. I watched Santa come down uh, Broadway. So, oh, yeah, yeah, play yeah. all the Christmas music you want now. Right. Yeah. We should mention, yeah, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade happened, of course. Uh, the Westminster Dog Show happened. You know, yes, the things. The, the that Scottish get. Hound. Yes. One. Yes, Claire, our friend Claire. Yes. Um, yeah, so, it was so it was a good year. Claire, weird. But it's like a longer name because due to um, yes, reading kennel names. Like I guess yeah, it's. Name. I th- like to think of it sort of like horse racing, horse racing names because yes. it's like there's the actual name which is based on like all the breeding that's happened, and there's right. the name they call it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's yeah, move on. Uh, that happened. It's Christmas time. Record all of your uh, Christmas shows. Um, I have several country stuff recorded. Uh, I have several musical stuff recorded. But I will not be talking about any of that on this podcast because they're all the same. Yeah, no, we don't need to talk about Christmas specials. There's probably a podcast for that out there somewhere. Uh, That's actually not a bad idea for a Christmas podcast. If that doesn't exist... We should do it. it. Is a podcast that just goes out. We're going to watch every Christmas special. It just only talks about it on, yeah. in December. Just once no, a year. no. It could be year round. <laughs> yeah, it could be year round. Why not? Like just like, like okay, 
Christmas specials. You can expand it to be holiday specials, I suppose. I guess but, holiday like, specials. It's not a bad idea. Actually, remove that from the podcast. Uh, we're going to put it in an envelope. I'm going to send it to myself. That way it's like legally Send it to binding. yourself in the future. Yes. That way like, oh yeah, this was a yeah. great idea. It's like, oh, this is a good idea. I have another good idea, but that one's I'm not going to tell you on the podcast because Christy and I came out with it. Uh, anyways, <laughs> let's move on to cancellations and renewals. All right, what am I no longer watching? You're no longer watching Utopia on Amazon Prime Video as it's been canceled after just one season. Yeah, I was never watching that in the first place. No, no one was. Queen Sono, which I have no idea what that is, has been canceled on Netflix after just one season. It originally got a second season back in March, but due happened. to its production being all around uh, Africa, ah. and you can't really do that due to can't coronavirus, they kind of just canceled the show makes sense what you still are watching though for some godforsaken reason is the mass singer because it's getting a fifth season on fox no it has not been five years but they do multiple seasons a year right and uh ken jong from mass singer has been tapped to lead fox's new year's eve bash yes day broadcast whatever i saw that as well yes uh their competitive uh broadcast to the traditional Dick uh, Clark's Rockin's New Year's right. Eve. The formerly known as the Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve, which I don't know what they call anymore. I, they might still call it Dick Clark. No, Ryan Seacrest said him. it's still called the Dick Clark. He, oh, he yeah, I guess you're... Huh, weird. Also, it's still his production studio. So right, and would... as long as he's doing the production on it, he will call it Dick Clark's Rockin' <laughs> New Year's Eve. Right. Fair enough. That's it for uh, cancellations and renewals. Just not that much happening in the cancellation space uh, this week, but we do have a handful of deaths here. Let me uh, type my little sad face here. Deaths this week. We have David Prowse, age 85. That name sounds familiar. It ought to, because he was a prominent actor in the 70s, mostly known for being the actor inside the Darth Vader suit in the Star Wars films. Uh, Um, I make that difference... Go ahead. I make that differentiation because he's not the voice. Obviously, that's James Earl Jones. Um, but in the credits, he is credited as Darth Vader. Right. Yes. Because uh, he does the physical acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Clockwork Orange, also Jabberwocky. Uh, but yeah, uh, an imposing figure, very tall, as you'd imagine. Um, yeah, will definitely be missed. Uh, former bodybuilder, if I remember I correctly. But yeah, 85, that's a long, long life life um, uh, being that character, so not bad. Yeah, that means he was 50, 45, when he played Darth Vader? Uh, just about 35, Roughly? 35, almost, oh no, yeah, about 40. Yeah, about 40. 40. Math, don't do it. About All right, next years, up, so. <laughs> Hugh Keys Burn. You don't have an age here. Because uh, he is timeless. Oh, I see. Uh, was an actor in Mad Max, uh, Stone, Mad Max, Fury Road. So there you go. Part of the Mad Max ensemble. Then lastly, pour out a pizza for Frank Carney, age 82, the co-founder of Pizza Hut. Not sure why he's on this list on a media podcast, but hey, I'll take it. Because I like pizza. Hey, hey, me too, man. <laughs> I, I could go for a pizza, let me tell you. Hey, whenever I find like co-founders and 
that of like famous franchises, I usually throw them on there. Mention them here. Put a, put a quick Fair mention enough. in there. But that's it for deaths for now. And now we move over to well, music. That was all the deaths. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That was like a dark cloud hanging over when you said that. <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. All right. So, Billboard, uh, let's talk about music and you take it away. Yeah. We always start music with the Billboard and we start the Billboard with the Hot 100. Hot. And as you mentioned, Death. Life goes on. Uh-huh. Is your number one song by yes, BTS? True. Uh, at number two, "Mood" by Twenty Four Golden, featuring Ian Dior. Mm-hmm. At three, "Dynamite" by BTS. It's two BTS songs. Top five this week. Yep. At number four, "Positions" by Ariana Grande, and at five, "I Hope" by Gabby Barrett, featuring Charlie Puth. One of these singles will be saying bye-bye as Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You will for sure be in the top five next week. It's Mariah season, baby! (laughs) We'll see Uh, what happens. As for your Billboard 200, your albums chart, B or B-E by BTS is your number one album. At two, we have some good news. For Megan the Stallion, because <laughs> good news by Megan the Stallion is at number two. Yep. At three, Positions by Ariana Grande. At four, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. And at five, Pluto X, Baby Pluto by <laughs> Future and Lil Uzi Vert. Um, If you want to listen to our thoughts on Ariana Grande's album and Megan the Stallion's album, head to our (laughs) previous podcast for that. Yes, cover those. Cover it in the archive. Could not cover the BTS record. No. Sorry. But (laughs) if we didn't like any of those albums, Mm -hmm. we have new releases. We sure do. And we have quite a bit here. As we have live at the Royal Albert Hall it's the Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> uh, that's the Arctic albums. Monkeys album. Yeah. Uh, we also have Seasonal Shift by Calexico. Calexico. Might have added one too many I in there. Maybe. But yeah, it's California and Mexico smashed together for Calexico. Calexico. There it is. Uh, we also have Ten Years Gone by Def Haven. Which is also a live record. All right. We also have Nightmare Vacation by Rico Nasty. Wonder by Sean Mendes. Odin's Raven Magic by <laughs> Sigur Rose. I think that's Rios. No. Sigur Rose? Yeah. It's got like a little accent on the O. I think they're um, Swedish. It's, it's Rose then. Rose, probably Rose. Rose. And lastly, Weird by Youngblood. Weird. Youngblood is the exclamation point. Yeah, Youngblood was the 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 that guy who did the the the, what was that awful song? Um, Awful song. (laughs) He's the dude who did the. uh, Oh, I can't think of that song. Um, Oh, Hot Girl Bummer. 
That's um, young blood. Young blood. Yeah, that's that's a hot girl bummer dude. It is. Yeah, I believe. I could be wrong. Could be confusing him with another white rapper. Young blood. Uh, five seconds of summer. Yeah. Anyway. Or that's five seconds of summer doing the song Young Blood. That might be what I'm looking at because Yeah, you you looked up the wrong that's the you're wrong correct. Thing. That is also a thing, but it is not what we're talking about here. Right. Anyways, let's move on. Why don't we? Uh yeah, let's move on then, shall we? Uh to music news. Uh and we start speaking of BTS with the K-pop army. <laughs> no, it's not that K-pop army. No, like the actual Korean army. Yes. As South Korean lawmakers on Tuesday completed passage of an amendment to existing legislation that will allow some K-pop stars exemption from military service until they are 30. Hmm. The significance was not lost on fans of <laughs> BTS. You know, currently one of the biggest music acts in the world top two yeah. songs on the billboard 100 uh but whose band members would have would have soon been forced to enlist the bill revising the military service act was introduced in september after bts became the first korean group to top the u.s billboard 100 charts with the single dynamite the band last week also earned a first Grammy nomination. Yep. Under the previous iteration of the law, all able-bodied men in Korea are obligated to sign up before their 28th birthday. The law stipulated exceptions and reduced terms of service for top classical musicians and folk music acts and Olympic medal winners. Mm-hmm. But it granted no let out for pop celebrities. Until now. Until now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. This makes some sense when you consider that they have to be touring, they're gonna have to they have other things to do. It's not the you know, the, the early sixties where we said Elvis Elvis had to end his career to go into the military anymore. Right, you had to We're looking Elvis, at different. and then you had to protect Elvis at all costs by trying to defer him away from actual war zones and just say <laughs> he enlisted, so should you, and just becomes a face for the army. So yeah, as much as the government would like to, sorry about the noise, uh, as much as the government, I'm sure, would like to be like, hey, do like your BTS heroes and go to the real army, it, this is probably a better move. Just let them, let them live their lives. But still says they have to sign up by their 30th birthday, though. So, so that's what the typical rule was, is what, what that's saying, is that there was no exemption prior to this. Right. Okay. All right. All right. What um, else? Moving on to music news, because this is December and we are wrapping up 2020. Spotify is also wrapping up 2020, yep. as they do this time every year. As is it, tradition. As is tradition. So it shall be done. Spotify has unveiled the top artists' albums, tracks, playlists, and podcasts that its 320 million users streamed the most in its survey of 2020. 
and we are somewhere in that survey. Well, we were. Um, I want to say on this podcast, I officially have canceled our Spotify premium account. It is no longer. Uh, I'm no longer paying for Spotify. Ooh. So, so your account, by the way, has now reverted to free. Oh, it's back to free. You have all your stuff. Nothing. You don't lose anything. But yeah, I'm not paying for it anymore. Okay. Um, uh, I moved to Apple Music. Oh, you've officially changed. I'm over to my Apple Music. That is also a family plan, though. So if you want the hookup to that, I can send you the family invite. Just let me. Know. Uh, I, I might just use my wife's Spotify then, since she is also. Or just use, or just use hers. Yeah, we might know. just do a family plan there. Yeah, you got. You should talk about that and get back to me. But yeah, I have the family thing. I'm already paying for it. So okay, we'll see. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about that. But, but Spotify. Spotify, because with more than 8.3 billion streams this year, Puerto Rican rapper Bad Bunny is Spotify's most streamed artist of 2020. Following Bad Bunny is Drake. Because, of course. Because Drake. And the third most streamed artist of the year is Jay Balvin, followed by the late rapper Juice World and The Weeknd. Billie Eilish continues her reign as Spotify's most streamed female artist for a second year in a row, followed by Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande in second and third spots, respectively. Coming in as the fourth and fifth most streamed female artists are Dua Lipa and Halsey, both of which put records out this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The most streamed song of 2020 is The Weeknd's Blinding Lights, I'm sorry, is the weekend's not Grammy-nominated song, Blinding Lights. <laughs> Don't rub it in. He's mad. With almost 1.6 billion, billion streams this year. That's a lot of streams. In the second and third spots were Tones, were Tones and Eyes' Dance Monkey and Roddy Rich's The Box. <laughs> uh, the fourth uh, most streamed song of the year, Roses. By Imanbek or Rose's Imanbek remix by Imanbek <laughs> and Saint John. Saint John. Followed by Dua Lipa's Don't Start Now, uh, which is Grammy nominated, by the way. Yeah. The most streamed album globally of 2020 is Bad Bunny's YHLQMDLG with over 3.3. A billion streams, followed by the weekends after hours and post Malone's Hollywood's Bleeding. Rounding out the list of top albums are Harry Styles' Fine Line and Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia. I can see why the weekend is pissed he didn't get a Grammy nomination. <laughs> see, important to note here that these are global, so this is not just the United States. So, this makes sense why Bad Bunny's popularity is important here, is because. On a global stage, he's clearly one of the biggest artists we have right now. Right, same with Jay Balvin on a yeah. global stage, because if you can't understand their music in English, you can't understand it in any language. So yeah, um, definitely not what I expected. Uh, yeah, I to be on here. Right, it does make you think about maybe what we think of how big the BTS phenomenon has been it's still not as big as something like bad bunny could be um so it does put things certain things into perspective i would have th- thought that this would easily be taylor's year to surpass billy eilish and it wasn't so 
Well, she did put it out later in the year. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Well, Billy had airplay throughout. Uh, but yeah, uh, nonetheless, some interesting little bits of uh, in- like of, of stats here to kind of think about as we go into another year of music. Um, yep, uh, Dance Monkey is a shocker, I think. Although I did, <laughs> I don't know, it was a lot of places. It was number one for a while, so right. But so is Roddy Rich's The Box. Yeah, and who who the hell knows what that is? Uh, but. Mostly absent from the list from last year, Lil Nas X. Yeah, yeah, that was a very 2019 phenomenon. That was a very 2019 thing. Yep. All right, let's round out this podcast, shall we? With video games. No thoughts. No, you didn't listen to anything this week. I didn't. Did you? Just old stuff. Just preparing for lists. That's all I did. Same. Preparing right. and narrowing down lists for 2020. And that means we have video games. Uh, yes. Which looks round up right now with new releases, including Immortals colon, Phoenix Rising yes. for the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, the Switch, and PC. If you own a console, <laughs> you can get Immortals Phoenix Rising. This is this week's biggest release. This is a Ubisoft joint. Um, kind of combines like some Breath of the Wildy touches with their traditional um, open world design and uh, set in Greek mythology. So I don't know. This sounds like a mic game, if you ask me. Oh, it does sound like a mic game. <laughs> you might want to give this a shot. Just, I just may have to. Yeah. I did see it highly rated somewhere. Um, I've heard positive but like not overly positive things apparently it's one of a it's like a good one of those ubisoft open world games but it's still very much that so know what you're getting into i guess is what right. i would say um metacritic had that at 82 that sounds about right yeah uh yep, new ip about greek mythology yeah may have to check that out it used may to have be a different at, uh, thing on the switch too yeah <laughs> about greek In mythology the- to watch in development, I believe that was called Gods and Monsters, uh, but they changed the name before release. Yeah, um, I like the way they changed it. Uh, speaking of stuff on the Switch, we have Fitness Boxing 2 for the Switch, <laughs> Fire Emblem, colon, Shadow Dragon, and The Blade of Light for the Switch, Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 for the Switch. Mm-hmm. We also have Dragon Quest Nine, no, S. 11. That's 11. I got that backwards. <laughs> Dragon Quest 11 S colon Echoes of an Exclusive Age. <laughs> no, that should be Echoes of Sand. An Elusive Age. Echoes of an Elusive Age. <laughs> Definitive Edition for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. And because we're at the end of football season, good time to release the football game. <laughs> And by that, I mean Madden 21 for the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. So yeah, the existing uh, console and PC versions have been out since August. This is the next-gen version. I believe you get the free upgrade if, if you, you bought, bought yes. the Definitive or Ultra Deluxe Edition. Yeah. I believe you get a free upgrade um, if you spent with like new $99 on it. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. All right, let's get to video game news, shall we? 
And oh, would you know, it's one of our favorite games, possibly on our list of end of the year games here, uh, Genshin Impact, which yes. has won the best game award for both the 2020 Google Play Awards and Apple's App Store Best of 2020 lineup. Quote, any title crowned best game has to exceed expectations and deliver compelling, accessible, genre-defining experiences. The Google Playlist in red. Thankfully, this year's winner does all this without missing a beat. To celebrate these awards, developer MiHoYo will give all players 800 total Primo Gems. Give it to me. Which is five rolls. <laughs> uh, in Genshin Impact's in-game mail. Expect to receive 200 per day from December 3rd through December 6th. Four days, and that gets you 800 Primo Gems. Uh, that ought to help the unlucky land new character, Zongli. So yeah, I re-logged in to Genshin Impact a couple nights ago, and there were not one, but two 10 plus gigabyte patches I had to download for that thing. So Ooh. they are doing some work. I jumped in, I was getting disconnected way less. So I don't know if they patched patched the performance for, or maybe my connection is just better now. But yeah, it was a much smoother experience. I felt some of the difficulty I was having before with my connection was gone. Um, but yeah, it's exactly where I left it. I still want to play more of that game, but these awards make sense. Um, considering everybody I've heard that's played this game on a phone says it's surprisingly good on a phone means that, yeah, why not give it best phone game award? Now, if this is also available on a console, yeah, why is it up for a mobile game award? I don't know, because <laughs> they're awarding what's on their store, right? And like, this is a very high profile, very well-reviewed thing. So I don't blame them. It makes sense to me. Okay, makes sense then. It can exist in both both ecosystems. Okay, it's so better on phone. As my mobile game of the year, don't be surprised. I don't know. Actually, it's not my mobile game of the year. I already know what your mobile game of the year is. I already know what my mobile game of the year is, and mm-hmm. both of it is not. This Neither game. of them are Genshin Impact. Let me tell you. Yeah. And not saying the Genshin Impact is not on my list because it is, but it's just. All right, so I know we'll three see. games on your list then. Yeah, Possibly it's really four. a process of elimination at this point. There's only so many You've games I've played. You've been paying attention, and you know what games Matt has been uh, reviewing can, and playing. You can already formulate this list in your head if you really <laughs> tried hard enough. All right. Uh, next story, I guess. All right, and then let's round up video game news with... Wait, no. This is a movie studio. Ardman Studio. Or Studio Ardman. This, this is this. This is movies. This is Wallace and Gromit territory here yeah yeah you should read the story and find out what's going on okay well wallace and gromit studio ardman is partnering with bandai namco entertainment er, europe wait, i got that wrong a, it's namco bandai believe it or not those are two different things bandai they namco, seem like they would just be like it seems like that would be the same thing but like no they're not they're actually two different things bandai namco and namco bandai are two different Correct. things Correct. Depending on what it is, like what part of the company, they will name the order of the names is different. Hmm. So the video game division is specifically Namco Bandai. Okay. Uh, Well, (laughs) Namco Bandai Entertainment of Europe uh, will be creating a new project 
that will live across multiple forms of media. According to Ardman's official announcement, the new stories will be, quote, tailored for current and future platforms. The two companies aren't revealing any more details regarding what the new intellectual property will be about, though you can look back to their previous collaboration, 1111, Memories Retold, to start thinking about the possibilities. Yeah, did you remember this happened? Because I did not remember this happened until I grabbed the story. I was like, oh, this sounds vaguely familiar. Almost as if it was a memory retold? (laughs) Almost. Well, maybe, but I'm still in a melody of memory state right now. (laughs) It's different memories altogether. Totally. So, 1111 Memories Retold was set in World War I, and it used a painterly visual style as well as the voice talents of one Elijah Wood and one Sebastian Kaw to tell the stories of two soldiers on either side of the war. That was a standalone creation, but it sounds like this next collaboration between Ardman and Namco Bandai will be much more broad. Yeah, this could be cool. Um, I didn't hear much about that uh, Memories Retold game. I remember uh, vaguely some people saying like, yeah, it was neat. But it seemed like more if it was like an artist or two from Ardman that participated in that project. But this seems like it's more of like a multimedia thing, which could potentially be kind of cool. Because yeah, Ardman makes good stuff. Even if I didn't like the most recent movie they put out early man as much as their previous stuff still i like what they do and combining forces with a video game company to make something that's multimedia potentially like a game and a tv and a movie or something is pretty exciting this is a 2018 game 11 yeah Hmm. it was a few years ago um but yeah this could be really cool okay well with that that does it for video game news. Did you play anything? Yeah, just real quick, I wanted to say I finished the um, campaign for Destiny 2 uh, Beyond Light, the expansion I talked about briefly a couple weeks ago. So campaigns in the books, all tidied up. Uh, there's some post-campaign content in that thing, though. Uh, that'll keep me busy for a while. And yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about that expansion. I think that anybody who has been waiting to get into Destiny two after a time off this is the time to do it especially if you have xbox game pass as beyond light is included in the game pass version of destiny 2 so yeah i highly recommend it there's a new starting area for people who are starting new characters and new character and new characters uh, actually have new um there's a new character builder so there's more cosmetic stuff you can do when you're building a new character in destiny which is exciting now i did read somewhere that if you do play the older expansions the kind of gear you get doesn't necessarily work with the new stuff is that right am i saying that Uh, right okay so it's kind of complicated but what i what i know is this is that i think what you probably have read is that there's some stuff that you could get that you can't get anymore there's some yeah there's some stuff that is just completely just eliminated off the face of the stuff with the purging of the old planets and missions that is true but what they've done is for some of the um more uh important weapons the legendary or not legendary the one above legendary uh which i can't think of the term for it the yellow 
no, it's not mythic in, in Destiny, but it's there's there's a word for it. Uh, exotic, that's what it is. The exotic weapons. Uh, there is a way. There's a new vault in the tower that you can go to, and you can exchange certain rare materials for exotics that used to be only available in certain quests that aren't completable anymore. So that makes sense. Yeah. Like you can't do those. You can't do those quests anymore. But you can so, still get the gear. If you can you still get the you, yeah, you can still get the the gear by turning in stuff that you can get through other means. So yeah, they are trying to like make some of that stuff accessible, but they did make it pretty clear that there's just going to be things and items that you used to be able to do or get that you just can't anymore, and won't until they bring it back. So that's just the reality of this new vaulted version of Destiny. All right. So. Uh, but yeah. I had fun with the campaign, uh, and yeah, but other than that, I didn't play anything else. Uh, I think I played maybe a couple more rounds of of Hades to see if I could get that sword. I even uh, put more uh, Titan blood into the sword and unlocked the second thing, uh, the second like version of it, which right. I really like, and it's better, but still, I get to Hades' second form, and I just can't pull it out. Right, when you go, ha ha ha, I'm not dead yeah. yet. Because he does but, the ah, freaking, the freaking like lava laser thing that he does, the real tight ones in the second form when it's yes. like you have like this much room. Well, either hide behind a rock or go hug your dad. Yeah, right? It's like you have to do one of those two things. It's just like sometimes there's not enough time to get over there. But yeah, so it's been fun. I do still hope, fingers crossed, I can finish it uh, before we do year-end wrap-up stuff, but huh, I'm running out of time. Well, time is running out, and you need to run out of Hades. Yes, indeed. And with that, I think we're about to run out of here as well. I think so. That, I think, will do it for this podcast. So, thank you for joining us. Uh, we are the Media Boat Podcast, in case you missed that. We are available in video form and podcast form, if you want to see us in video form. Go to our YouTube channel, Search Media Boat Podcast to find our page. Like, subscribe, comment, anything you want to do. Click the bell to get subscription notifications. All of that and more to watch our video form of this very podcast. We'll be back next week with another one. You can also catch us in audio form via podcast services, all of them under the sun, including Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google Play, all of them you can find us just by searching Media Boat Podcast. You can also find us on social media channels such as Twitter, where our handle is media boat, at Media Boat Cast. Facebook, our page, search Media Boat Podcast, and you'll find it. Uh, website, you can find some of our writing uh, write-ups about this very podcast on MediaBoatPodcast.com. And uh, email, if you want to email us any questions, comments, anything you want to say to us, MediaBoatPodcast at gmail.com is that email address where you can do that. So... Without further ado, thank you for joining us. That will be it for this episode. We'll be back next week for another December 2020 shivering cold edition of the Media Book Podcast. So tune in then. For now, have a good week. Stay safe. We'll be next week. We'll be back next week with more news. I think yep. we should have a better outline of what our end of the year wrap up will look like. Yes, we very might. We might. We might. And just a lot more stuff because who knows what's going to happen during the week. Who knows? Anything could happen. All right. And with that, we're out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay,